2: How oh, are you on this lovely Bridge, spring day?
3: Whatever. Does East Bridgewater really exist, or is it just like Springfield and those Simpsons?
2: It's just a figment of your imagination. Yeah. We just float around out here. We're not a real town. Yeah, I don't doubt they it. I don't, it. don't doubt it.
3: <laughs> no. So we have, a new we have a new pope now, which is cool. All
2: right. Pope yeah, uh, Jorge
3: uh, Babagui. Pope Francis. Pope Francis. I know, but that's not his real name. That's his, of because it is. Once he becomes Pope, that is his real name. Well, You don't go back. That's, Once I you become so. Pope, you don't go back. <laughs>
2: well, I don't know. He's 76 years old. How long do you think he's going to last?
3: Quite a while. That, I mean, what? I'm 108 and look at me. I know.
2: I know, right? I, I yeah. take that back. He could last as long as Van Helsing and then exactly. we'll never get rid of Pope Francis.
3: And there you go. <laughs> I don't think we want to get rid of him. There's a guy that takes a bus to work. Owns his, makes his own food, which is really pretty cool. Yeah.
2: Oh my goodness, what
3: is he going to do in Vatican City? (laughs) Rides a bicycle. He 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 was uh, the uh, bishop of uh, one of the uh, the big uh, districts down there. Had a a limo available to him. Had a uh, room with the uh, special cardinal pal like it's a palace almost, you know? but he's got an apartment outside of town, and he-, he cooks his own food, rides a bike, or takes the bus, and we're talking about bus, we're talking about stand-up bus, not a sit-down bus. Wow. So thing- oh, yeah, yeah, he's a-, he's a pretty cool dude. People will uh, learn more about him, I think it'd be kind of cool. But anyway, enough good. about he- that. can are
2: like he- one of the common people?
3: Yeah, he is. If you looked at his cross, he had a plain wooden cross on it because he's a Jesuit. But anyways, uh, tonight we're going to step into the darkness, which is kind of cool, too. Mm.
2: We already have people in the chat room saying they love Darkness, Dave.
3: Yeah, so anyways, with us right now is the host of Darkness at the Edge of Town, which is here five days a week. For wow. Two hours! Oh my God! Anyways, Dave, you there? Hi, I'm here. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. Hi there, Dave. Hello.
2: I'm looking at you in your jumping jammers, and my, they are snazzy.
0: Well, you know, I'm a stylish <laughs> kind of guy. I like to set trends. I set them backwards a hundred years, but that's still setting trends, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I was just looking at your website today, and I stumbled across that that picture. <laughs> interesting.
0: <laughs> well, you know, everybody, everybody's got to have their schtick, So That's uh, right. So when we go out investigating the Queen Mary or the uh, Stanley Hotel, I've been known to put on my ducky pajamas to try to encourage some kind of activity, paranormal <laughs> or not. Uh, I'm,
3: I'm sure you get some activity, that's for sure. Oh, well,
2: you need to be <laughs> comfortable true. when you do these things. That's right. Right? Hey.
3: Right. Hey. And, hey.
2: you
0: know,
3: since the, the Stanley Hotel is known
0: for all the children's spirits, I figured it would just make them feel a little bit more at ease.
2: There you go. There you go.
3: Yep. Anyways, Dave, you actually do a show, uh, Darkness by the Edge of Town. Uh, Is is I saying that right? Because I I usually watch it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we actually uh, uh, named the show uh, Darkness
0: on the Edge of Town Paranormal Radio Show, kind of in homage to Bruce Springsteen, as I'm a huge fan. But uh, it it seemed fitting when we put the show together as we were going to be talking about those – those things that are just outside of the fringe of normalcy that make people comfortable. And everybody seems to have those places in their, their hometown, the weird legends and lore, mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of fit for where we were going. Of course, now, eight years in, people know us probably more as darkness radio than they do anything, uh, mm-hmm. as they've shortened us down like uh, uh, from Gentleman's Quarterly to GQ. We've become just darkness radio mm-hmm. now.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> That's true. So so you do this five days a week? Yes, we do five days a week, uh, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Central, so that's 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern time.
3: That's almost like a
0: full-time job.
3: (laughs) You know, you would think so,
0: but I still manage to hold down a full-time day job, uh, do the radio show, and be the father to seven children. So. (laughs)
2: Holy, really?
0: Come on. Yes, that's true. Seven.
3: Seven.
2: God bless you. God bless you, Dad. (laughs) Well, somebody should.
3: Uh, (laughs) Awesome. I only have one that I know of. <laughs> that you know well, of? The, the night is young. I'll see if we can put
0: out a call to see if anybody else wants to claim you as their dad. <laughs> <laughs> Are
3: you kidding me? Even he doesn't want to claim you as a dad.
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. We just had a request in the chat room. Uh, Michelle wants us to ask you, Dave, to do Space Worm.
0: Ooh. But well, yeah, you know, he's not here. You guys didn't book Space Worm. Um, <laughs> no, he only shows up when we talk about space and uh, outer space. But uh, I'll see if he uh, if he pops in at some time during the interview. You know, he's a but a bit of a drunk, so sometimes he'll stumble through, and I can grab him. I'll see if he does. I'll I'll
2: okay. here
3: a little later. All you know, right, go.
2: we're trying for you, Michelle. We'll see. We'll see what we can do. Right. <laughs>
3: So, Dave, I mean, in your bio, you said you've been dealing with the paranormal since you were a kid, right? You had some type of experience or something. Is is that what I read, or, or do I read wrong? I, you know, I'm such a... No, you're right. It,
0: it's, you know, people always ask me, what got you into the paranormal? And I, yeah. you know, I'm one of those people who I don't believe, I don't think I got into the paranormal. I think the paranormal's been stalking me my whole life. I, I began <laughs> having experiences with my grandmother's spirit after she passed when I was about three years old. Uh, we, I lived in a in a haunted house growing up, and I had a Bigfoot encounter at about the age of 12 in Foley, Alabama, and UFO encounters huh. in 2007 in Trout Lake, Washington. So I've, I've had kind of a crazy history where I've just been in the right place at the right time, and I've had a great opportunity to see these things and have them show themselves and manifest themselves for me. So it's, it's been lucky, it's been scary, it's been a wild ride. Uh,
3: either that, if you get a very active imagination. Well, there's that too. But Thankfully, I've had people with me to actually witness some of the stuff. So our, our alcohol was involved. I mean, it's <laughs> – wow, I don't know what, what you're doing. talking about. <laughs> I live the drink in the space worm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I mean, that's that's a, that's really cool because, I mean, you know, I get asked the same question as, you know, how did how'd you ever get interested? And and like you, there are many, many people out there who've had experiences since they were very young, and and I, I never did. I never even thought about the paranormal of it when I got involved in it. It' like just happened to me. right? So it's a, a normal part of our lives It seems to be there, and
0: you know whether we want it or not, it's there, and it's letting us know that it's around.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I didn't have any experiences when I was younger, either. It wasn't until, you know got older that I got older and I got involved into it. Yeah. Oh, really, what, what was your first experience like? Well, I'm I really paranormal. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I've been out with Ron. No, but um,
3: it, it,
2: I really have yet Did to. Did I ever have... mention we we
3: slept in the same bedroom?
2: Oh, shut up, Ron!
3: <laughs> oh my God!
2: Yeah, we slept in the same bedroom in separate beds. Okay. Just... Oh. <laughs> nice, Ron.
0: Nice.
2: Very nice. Great. He's so romantic, isn't he? Anyways. No, I, 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 There wasn't an experience that actually got me into the paranormal. It was just, it, you know, I wanted to, you know, I was interested, always interested in it, but had never had an experience. So, I mean, my biggest experience was smelling perfume, you know, from somebody who wasn't there.
3: <laughs> smelling perfume is paranormal. It's paranormal. Yeah. But anyways, it, it can be. Some so reason we got a lot of static on the line. I'm not sure am I, am I the only one hearing that, or is no, I hear know. it too okay yeah. <laughs> okay i I'm, yeah, I'm not hearing anything you guys are coming through clear. Mm. uh might be on your end Dave uh you want a cell phone by any chance is, it, is this any clearer for you at all? Yeah, that's better now. It seems to be like uh yeah, we were picking up some pretty net-nolly uh uh, static, anyways. Oh, okay. Well, let me know
0: and I'll try to move about from time to time and get into a clear signal for you. Oof. Yeah, it is. Tough. Yeah, it's back again. Oh, uh... Wow.
3: Can you hear me? Can you hear me, or have I lost you? Wait. Wait. Dave? Oh. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can, but there's like a huge amount of static on the line. We We just barely can hear you through it. Let let me try one other thing here. Hold on. Okay, no problem. (laughs) In in the meantime, uh, we can talk about uh, something.
2: (laughs) What is that? What the hell is that?
3: Uh, Somebody's got some some suppressed rage going on over there. (laughs) I don't know what it is. It must be that clown you have locked in the closet. Yes,
2: can you hear me a little bit better now?
3: Yeah, it's just—it just—you it, you, really—I mean, if you ever do listen to the the uh, uh, recording on the the archive recording, you're going to hear a lot of static, and and that's basically what it is. But uh, it is what it is, you know. It's what we say. I don't know what else I can tell you. Um, but Dave, you you are also lucky enough to also uh, host a lot of events in some of like the coolest places in the country, and, and outside of the country too. I understand too.
0: Yeah, we decided to take our show on the road back in uh, 2006 and get a chance to go out and investigate some of these locations that they were showing so prominently on TV. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, checking out places like the Stanley Hotel, Mansfield Reformatory, Waverly Hills, Lowing Hills, uh, Eastern State Penitentiary, the Queen Mary, uh, just a myriad of different locations and getting out there meeting with other fans of the paranormal, working with some of the different celebrities that you've grown to love on TV. And, you know, just kind of really get to surround ourselves in the, the fun of what our hobby and our interest is. Mm-hmm.
3: We, we actually have a comment from the chat room from uh, one of the boys from spooky South coast, uh, Tim Weisberg. I think you know him, right? Yeah. Yeah. He says that if you turn down the volume on your phone, you might, uh, it might help because it seems like you're getting feedback from the speakers. That was him, not me. I didn't say that. <laughs>
0: I've, I've turned the volume down very far now. Is that a little clear? Uh,
3: yeah. I think a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> anyways, this is interesting. So, yeah, you've, you've done so a lot of – in fact, I think uh, you you are going – are you going outside – I understand. I don't know. I heard a rumor about you going outside the country uh, – for an event, Is this, this correct with uh, Belanger right. or somebody?
0: Well, yeah, in May, uh, Jeff Belanger and I are going to be hosting a, a Dracula tour. We're going to follow in the wow. uh, footsteps of Vlad the Impaler, the real Dracula, awesome. to uh, yeah, follow along in the history, see some of the most remarkable sites, and investigate um, the one castle, Unadora Castle, where he was believed to have been held prisoner, prisoner for, I think it was 11 years of his life. Um I had a chance to investigate that castle last year with some listeners and we had crazy experiences from rocks being thrown to audible voices being heard speaking. We saw a full on shadow person walk in front of a window. So it was it was really exciting. Uh, haunted hotels we get to stay in and, and it's just Ooh, the rich so and majesty cool. and, and everything is beautiful. I, I can't wait to get back.
3: Uh, Great. And, and, that and plus amazing. You, plus you get to hang around with Jeff Belanger, which is always wow. interesting. But, well, every <laughs> rose has its thorns, right? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> oh <No>, God! <laughs> but uh, Dave, like I said, you have been in some really, really cool places, and you've done a lot, a lot of events. Do you find, uh, and I assume you investigate by yourself as well? Uh, in, Sometimes in, I'll, I'll go in if I'm called uh, locally,
0: or or have a friend that's in need. I'll I'll check things out. I, I'm much better talking a lot of the people through what they're dealing with uh-huh. and uh, doing what I call cleanup. Um, and <laughs> the reason I call, I call it cleanup is there's a lot of really destructive, uh, incredibly dim-witted, paranormal investigators out of the field.
3: <laughs>
1: no. don't you
0: say what you really mean, Dave? <laughs> well, you know, I, I can pull punches and sugarcoat it or I can just speak from the heart. And the thing is that there's a lot of people that, because of the, all of the great series that are out there, Have decided that because they own every episode on DVD, they are now paranormal experts and (laughs) aficionados of ghost hunting. And and um, because you know Paranormal uh, State is their favorite show, everything they come up against is demonic. Uh, You know, uh, you know, so it's that kind of mentality. And I can't tell you how many families I get that will contact me, and they'll say, "Dave, we need help. We're at our wit's end. We first we just had some little things going on. We had a paranormal investigative team who came out, and they caught a strange growling noise and they're telling us that we have demonic infestation and we need to get the hell out of our house. <laughs> and I said, well, well, what did they base that on? Well, they caught a weird growling noise on EVP. I said, all right, well, have you ever heard or, or been scratched or touched or, or threatened in any way? Well, no, no, but you know, there's been times we hear walking around in the house. I said, okay, you know, there, there's sometimes we'll, you know, hear a voice call out one of our names. Okay. Uh-huh. Why would you think that's demonic or, or evil? Well, you know, we didn't until this paranormal team came in and told us that it was evil. And I said, well, they, they very likely caught the sound of somebody's stomach growling and nobody yeah, exactly, was just thinking willing that. to admit it. Uh, you know, or stepping on a creaking board and it made a sound in the background, and the, which sounds like a, um, a mini-demon, I guess, growling. But uh, I do a lot more cleanup, and I've, I've actually been able to walk people through a lot of what they're afraid of over the phone and help them dispel it. and uh Remarkably, I don't have to show up on-site or wave any K2 meters or an audio recorder and ten hours later, they'll call me back or email me back and say, you know what, Dave, there's nothing going on here. You were right. right. So it, it's just getting the time to know the people that you're going to meet and, and talk mm-hmm. with them about what they're experiencing. It doesn't mean that I haven't run into some weird stuff, and I certainly have, and I've been in homes when we've caught really bizarre EVP and strange anomalies and, and things like that, but I, I'm not the type to run screaming demon um, you know, my, my quest is always to try to help families get understanding and take away the fear and, mm-hmm. and deal with what's left.
2: Mm-hmm. Huh? Right. <laughs> Someone wow. in the and chat comes said, growling
0: work. stomach from hell. <laughs> when that doesn't work, we just all get drunk. That's uh, There you go. It's, it's always good. <laughs> no, oh, no, I don't get drunk that much.
3: You know, I've actually been working on a, a new uh, device for ghost hunting, and I think it's really going to be the rage. Um, I do another show called Ghost Chronicles International that I, I work with, uh, Steve was from the U.K. with, and he told me about this app for a moss code because he was the an RAF and all this other stuff, and they had one time they had connected supposedly with this signalman who, uh, who was a RAF signalman, so they used this app to try to talk with him, but he didn't understand it. So so, well, anyways. So, anyways, I, I, I thought about that, and I came up with this great new idea for a piece of equipment for ghost hunting. And and, and you know, if you go on a a long ghost hunting event, uh, it's hours and hours of really doing nothing. If you you know watching monitors or whatever, so you right. you need you need lots and lots of coffee. So, what I figured if we take a giant one of those old percolator coffee pots, we can make coffee and attach the uh, device to it, and basically the perking of the coffee would be taps and perps and drops, which would be converted to Morse code, which will allow the ghosts to contact us and, of course, could have coffee at the same time. <laughs> oh, my God. You're one of those people that
0: I have to do cleanup for, aren't you, Ron? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I just thought that was brilliant. Absolutely. I mean,
0: Your coffee maker is possessed. I give give you an A for effort, and uh, (laughs) we'd like to speak to your parents and have a little meeting after school one day.
3: uh, Well, uh, you you know what? If you've got a medium, you can speak to both of them. They both passed (laughs) many years ago. There you go. Well, uh,
0: speaking of Morris Code, I I had one of the the coolest experiences was filming the the TV series Paranormal Challenge on the Travel Channel. Oh, yeah, that was cool. I meant to mention that. During the show, we went uh, to the... uh, Hornet in California. Mm-hmm. And during the investigation, one of the investigators was carrying a Melmeter and we began hearing,
2: ah.
0: and they didn't pay <laughs> attention to it at first. And we started talking about it in the judge quarters on TV, and we were saying, you know, that sounds an awful lot like Morris code. And we were wondering if they were going to bring it to us. Well, I, I told Zach during the commercial break, I said, you know, even if they don't deliver that to us as evidence we should look at that ourselves and, and check because if they were goofy enough to not pay attention to what was just happening i'd hate for us to miss on an opportunity to share what could be really interesting um communication indication sure enough right. uh, we, we pulled it and we pulled it unbeknownst to the the team and contacted uh, and it took a while we had to contact them it was a radio specialist that actually could understand Morse code
2: mm-hmm.
0: and we had to play it for him and slow it down so he could hear it. He said, well, whatever it is, somebody's doing it very fast, like they're in a panic mode um, wow. trying to get a message out. And he began telling us the the numbers and everything. What it turned out was that, like, the first set of numbers and letters that were coming out would have been the way the ship would have communicated its settings during World War II. It was an, a dead communication code that cool. was used only during that part in World War II. So, <laughs> you know, to figure we were getting some kind of interesting Anomaly, And, of course, the, the team brought that piece of evidence to us, and they were thrown when we were able to tell them
3: what the message
0: was telling. You know, it was the beginning of a message showing the coordinates of where the ship was at. So uh, that, that was a really cool. That kind of puts you on your heels and makes you think twice about the paranormal and you know, what is it that we're communicating with and, and that they were using their technology at the time, or were we tapping into a, a timeline right inside the ship and picking up on something that was taking place 40, 50, 60 years ago?
3: Wow. Yeah. Oh, how was it just something that had just bounced around in space forever and find its way back to the original source? Well, that's a much more boring answer, Ron.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, I have a question. So, it was transmitting its coordinates. Did anybody happen to look oh, up go. the coordinates?
0: Of you know where the ship? No, be- was? because as he said, it was a dead. Dead language he knew that but they were he, he he the guy that was transcribing it for us could tell us what the beginning parts were then the liaison aboard the ship was able to take that and bring back and we only were able to get like the first twelve characters oh, Alex okay. but the first the first five or it was like the first five or six characters that were being transmitted <laughs> would have been the code saying you know Okay, this we're about to give you our coordinates, and then the typing after that would have been the coordinates. So there was, unfortunately, okay. we didn't have a full transmission from them to translate, and right. uh, mm-hmm. and that's where we sat. So it was an interesting, but it was still just bizarre to have that happen. And, and on that same episode, as the paranormal team was walking through one of the barracks, uh, as they passed a the bed, I noticed that there suddenly was a depression on the bed, as though somebody had sat.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was telling
0: them I, we weren't allowed to help influence the paranormal team, but we were telling our cameramen turn around and take a look at that bed. And sure enough, they turned around and pan and you could see a very clear butt indentation on that bed that hadn't been there when we first came into the room. So, you know, it just some weird stuff aboard, aboard the Hornet. So, the, you know, that's what intrigues me and excites me about this is there's so many layers of what's going on. And I think, you know, Every time we start to think we get a handle on the paranormal and start to get some answers, it opens up 100 new questions. Mm. Right.
3: Right. And, and, and you've been doing it long enough that, I mean, has your opinions changed through the years? I know mine have since. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely. I mean, I used to be the firm believer that it was grandma's ghost and, you know, they had a message to share. And I don't really know that I believe that anymore. I, I don't know that I believe that we're surrounded by, the dead in the way a lot of people think that they've just lost their life and they're they're wandering aimlessly i think we may be surrounded in time at all times with many different layers of of our timeline you know i mean they they, physics says that time is not linear it doesn't go from point a to point z it's all kind of a timey-wimey wibbly wobbly mess right and Uh and it's all laying on top of each other and That's what they believe may allow us to eventually figure out time travel. So I think that there's a lot to be said about the fact that what we're bumping into is not necessarily the dead, as we understand it, but, you know, we may be communicating with future selves or past selves. When you think about how many haunted locations reported having hauntings long before they became known the mecca of of paranormal activity, like Waverly Hills, there were complaints by the old staff (laughs) of the amount of strange things that they would see in the hospital. Well, why do some ghosts run from us? Mm -hmm. So when we're walking in a a location, why does the ghost seem as surprised by us? Why do we get some EVP Mm -hmm. questioning us or or sounding perplexed? and, And what's going on here? Where are you? That kind of weirdness. Maybe we're just tapping into their timeline. They're tapping into our timeline. And for that brief moment in history, we just mesh. So, you know, my favorite story is along the lines of, you know, the Grandma and Grandpa built this house on what used to be a cornfield, so there's no in, ancient Indian burial ground. There's no secret, mysterious lair underneath the ground. Mm-hmm. Nobody's died in the house. So Grandma's watching Jeopardy one afternoon and three in the afternoon, and all of a sudden these three shadowy figures walk in and stand in front of her, mm-hmm. stare at her, turn, and run out of the room. Uh, well, now. Now her house is officially haunted and we're, you know, this story gets passed down from generation to generation. And here it is 20 years after grandma's death. And me and my two buddies walk into grandma's living room to sit down and watch some TV. And there she is sitting in the chair in front of us. And we look at her and we turn around and bolt out of that room. Who is haunting
3: who? (laughs) <laughs> right. 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 Sort of like, like know, the others, sort of, you know, the others, the, uh, the, right. the uh, yeah, that was a good sh- Yeah, the Nicole Kidman movie, right? Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Just,
0: was know, so many lives are being lived at the same time, and this timeline is constantly bumping and undulating and twisting, and, and we're just touching different points. And at some places, the, the threadbare part of time and space is much easier to perceive and see through than others.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I mean, it, it, the thing is, we really don't know, and that's what really intrigues me more about it. And, and every time I think I've got it figured out, and then I've come up with something else. It doesn't make sense. So
0: it, it, uh, I always say the paranormal is a lot like women. Right? <laughs> it's, it's mysterious. It's alluring. We want to know more about it. And the more we think we start to understand it, the more we realize we're completely clueless apes that are never <laughs> going to really grasp the concept of what we're dealing with.
3: Perfect. Oh, I just thought it was crazy.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. You figured it out. You figured it out there, Dave.
3: Great. <laughs> yeah, anyway. And we actually are coming up to our, our break time, and uh, we definitely have to uh, talk about something that I, I'm actually going to meet you for the first time, which I'll be kind of excited about because uh, you're the only other guy uglier than me. Oh. <gasps> well, that is true. I've seen pictures. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, no. Nice, I, Ron.
3: Nice. What, did I insult somebody? I'm sorry. Nice. Maybe it didn't come out the way I, I meant it. I, I don't know. Oh, I hear the I, break. I think from the pictures I've seen, Ron, as, a, as an attractive man, I don't mind being uglier than him. It's still better to be, you know, the second best looking in the room, right? Well, that's why I bring you in, you know. Uh, anyways, there's the break, which means we've got to take a break right now, and you are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ian Carrigan and Ron Kolick. And our very special guest is Mr. Dave Schrader. And we'll be right back after the following messages on Toginet,
1: All Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more. An oasis in this hectic world.
2: Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our very special guest, Darkness Dave Schrader.
3: Except he's
2: not here. Except
3: he left. I I doubt them. No, he's coming back he's coming back don't worry yeah. uh we had a little bit of problem with static online for some reason i'm really not sure why but yeah it is it was clear for a while so yeah oh, we're, right. uh, we're yeah. Uh, yeah so um you know i'm kind of excited oh I, I gotta mention um next tuesday uh at the circles of wisdom i will do I you will know, be doing my monthly paranormal study group again and this time we are doing remote. uh a lot of remote exper- experiments from uh, the UK, uh, Steve Parsons uh, has brought us some relics that we're going to do some psychometry on, uh, and we're going to do some astral viewing and all this other some Zener dice experiments, and, and so it's going to be really cool. So, anyways, I think we got him back now. Dave, are you? Here? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me now? Yeah. That sounds like a like a commercial. <laughs>
0: Ron, Ron, give me a sign of your presence. Are you there, Ron?
3: Mm-hmm. Hey, you got flashlight? <laughs> There you go. Thank uh, you. Well, I'm just I'm happy just to see it. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Dave, speaking about flashlights, I mean, what are your thoughts on on all these various pieces of equipment that we have now, and and they're constantly being invented and reinvented. Uh, uh, what's your thoughts on them? You know, I, I'm excited by people
0: that are always trying to think outside the box, and they're willing to put themselves out there and not just sit there and pontificate about what's going to go on or, or swear that this is how EVP or photographs are, are captured and why some cameras capture it. You know, if they not only talk about it, but they actually put it to use and try to figure out a way to build those tools, I respect that. And, you know, there are some tools out there that serve their purpose. Uh, the K2 meter was very interesting at first, and it was really a lot of fun until we realized just how many signals and things could mess with it and give us false positives. Um, you know, but for a long time that kind of set the standard for looking at, at a different type of tool. I uh, I'm a big fan and a big friend of Bill Chapel, who I think is one of the most innovative thinkers out there, and has created some of the more intriguing paranormal tools, and is always moving forward, trying to find new ways to better things and and look at it and figure out where the flaws are in the in the paranormal field. So I like it. I'm excited. I you know I just had a chance to investigate with Bill at the Stanley Hotel. Oh, and we cool. captured some of the more interesting video I've ever seen. Which, we, if your listeners are interested, they can go see it on the front page of darknessradio. dot com. Again, darknessradio.com. We have a piece of video from the Stanley Hotel there. Dan, yeah, uh, can we put
3: that? A, excuse me, David. Yeah, yeah, can we put that on our, our Facebook page so that people I am can see that?
0: Doing
2: that as yeah. we
3: speak. All right. Sorry, David. No go carry on. No problem. Yeah. So they can see the piece of video. But
0: it was—it's a really intriguing deal. He uses the Kinect system and software and. uh has actually used it with a uh, in night vision cameras and uh, infrared. And you'll see the mapping system of the Kinect's camera system. Um, and sure enough, next to my friend Susan, you see this little figure map into a chair. And uh, uh, the Kinect system is only supposed to recognize three-dimensional forms, where you can oh. see in the camera that there's nothing sitting next to Susan, but something is mapping out there. Mm-hmm. And what gets really interesting is, as a father, I know how my kids react and how hold their hands and... You know, if you look, when she puts her hand out at first, it kind of turns towards her. And as she lowers her hand, it seems to grab and pull its legs up and fold up like it's wrapping around her arm, like my favorite. And, I, you know, that was really like, a very cool piece of evidence. And then when it vanishes... At about a minute and 18 seconds into the video, what I thought was really fascinating is when it disappears. You see this bolt of green energy go straight up, as though it was like beamed aboard the Starship Enterprise. So it's it, that to me is pretty cool stuff when we can see what's going on and what we're able to actually uh, uh, encounter. And then we just went to Cripple Creek, Colorado, to uh, the St. Nicholas Hotel and had uh, a full two-on, or, or I'm sorry, full two-hour interaction with something. Uh, and and it just knocked me down. I still have no way to wrap my head around what we saw, how we were able to communicate with this, and for the length of time we saw it, and it and it stayed communicating. So we'll be releasing video on that here in the future. So oh, I, awesome. I, I like a lot of I like a lot of the equipment out there. There's uh-huh. some of it that's gotten so complicated and so you know you need like a, a two pound technical manual in order to figure out how to run it. And, uh, <laughs> I'm just not that bright of a man, so, you know, I like a push-and-play kind of system, but uh, Bill seems to be trying to make it easier and easier for people to use his equipment, Um, so, you know, I I always appreciate that, and if -hmm. if your listeners are looking for cool pieces of equipment, then go to GhostShop.com or GhostOutlet.com, and they'll find
3: a lot of this product right on those sites. Yeah, okay. You know what, you kind of, I mean, I have to buy all this stuff because I have to see if this, I mean, I teach a call, uh, course up at Northern Essex on Paranormal CSI and and it's one of the things we do is we use different pieces of equipment, just whatever, there's the story behind it, but whatever. So, I mean, it kind of irks me that, like, for instance, I bought the, uh, what is the obelisk, the obelisk, okay, so I buy this obelisk oh. thing for $240 yeah. and then, uh, you know, you listen to it, and you say, well, what do you say? Huh? What? It, you know, you start the voice matrix and You're trying to figure it out. So for another $120, I go out and buy this digital readout. So now I'm into $400 for this lovely little box that
2: – You can't box. understand.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, you can because it's got the digital readout now. But, you know, it, it, it just seems like – you know, we're spending all this money on this equipment, and I don't know what type of, type of results we're getting on it. I mean, sometimes it seems like you get some really, really great results, but other times it seems like, what the hell? Wow, you know what that sounds like, Ron? The paranormal. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Unfortunately, really? we don't get exciting, you know,
0: things to occur at every location. And, you know, Bill Bill brought up the obelisk as a way of, you know, trying to create something in response to like a Frank's box
3: mm-hmm. and
0: giving it, giving it a sense and a purpose so that, it, you know, every word had a, a specific mathematical equation to it. So if the spirits were there and they were manipulating, it had to be some form of intelligence, communicating. Unfortunately, the voice chip, you know, if he used an actual speaking chip, that would be like me saying, go to hell, Ron, it would cost 10 times the amount, and it would have to be a much bigger unit because of the way the voice t- technology works. <laughs> so when he realized that there was a problem, he made the d- digital display readout. And people have harped on him about it, but uh, you know, I liken it to the fact that, you know... Around, it you is cool, oh, do wrong. Don't, and, uh, don't, if you remember, the Pong video game system came out, and it was $299 to sit there and wrap the a little way. ball across. Right, mm-hmm. and then you, got, then you got Atari 2600, and that was yeah, the video game cool. system. And now when I plug in my Atari and I I let my kids see the graphics on that, when they complain to me about uh, something on their video games, they shut up right away when they realize what they're up against. But that's just the way technology goes, and and people bring it out, and they're trying to get the latest and greatest and best. And and in order to get it out there and make it, unfortunately, the paranormal community is not a trillion people willing to buy these things. So, you know, the, the price is... Uh, an issue sometimes because you've got a you know, he's only making 1,500 of these as opposed to 150,000 Atari right. or a million Nintendos. So you don't have that price breaking. But he does his best, and then he went out and made the iovalis which I think actually works better than the ovalis and he you use that for, uh, for ninety nine on your iPhone. So, <laughs> you know, there's, there's different versions, and that, that types out the word and it actually records and lets you know what the last 20 or right. 30 words were. So like ghost seen, radar. yeah, and I've seen things Well, you know ghost radar I, I I'm not a big fan, and I don't know if it was the original incarnation I messed with, which just seemed so baloney to me and and you know off the charts I just yep. I, it just wasn't something that intrigued me, and it was funny because I kept running into the same ghosts at different i I could be at the fun zone with my kids and I could run into them at the McDonald's, and I could run into it at Target, and there was all well, you know, did you ever think of that? I, I did, but they happened to be down the hall, you know, or, or shopping in Walmart at the same time I was, so it was weird to see him coming around the aisle, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. There's different technology, and like I said, it's all worth playing with and yeah, experimenting, but some of it's great, some of it's not. And, you know, like the big shame, he created the Paranormal Puck, which in my <laughs> account is, is probably one of the coolest pieces of paranormal equipment out there, and it did everything. It was a paranormal investigator. But the people whined because it was too much and it did too much. I want something cool like on TV when you can just hold it in your hand and it beeps and whistles and you know there's a ghost in front of you. <laughs> the ghost had The paranormal puck, which you could hook to your laptop, which you could hook up a camera to it. And if it sensed anything, if barometric pressure, if temperature dropped, anything along those lines, it would cue the camera. And the camera would become a new investigator for you and it would begin you know, videotaping your surroundings or photographing the surroundings. It had so much ability, and it was not, an, I think it was like 189 or 169 bucks,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: it was cheap, but you had to keep it plugged into your laptop, and nobody wanted that, but it, it worked and did much more and gathered much more data, so it's just, you know, unfortunately you got to keep it small and available and easy to carry around for people and, and do these things, but there's there's some cool stuff that I've seen, and then there's some really lame stuff, you know, I love the people that... They slap a uh, night vision uh, deal on top of a remote control car and think they're an inventor. <laughs> and, you know, but, but I can get them underneath the house, right? But you didn't invent that. You took uh, two existing inventions and just taped them together, right? Hey, wait a minute, I did that, that kind of stuff.
3: That it, you know, and it's
0: funny too. How many, you know, like Bill Chappell. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Shack. Yeah, hack,
3: But yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Is,
0: you know, that was the first one out there. Who doesn't Bill, own one, is, right? The, Right. Bill is the original creator. He, he is the one that actually broke it and showed it on, on YouTube, the video, how to make this. I and mean, Do you know how many people Bill and I run into that will say, yes, I'm the inventor of the Shack Hack. And Bill's like, really?
3: <laughs> really?
0: When did you invent that? Oh, yeah, back in 2008. Really? Because I've had it out since 2006, and you know it's just funny how many people want to take credit for things that they have absolutely no well, that's, understanding that's a whole of. new
3: that's a whole new category in itself. Often... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, but know, anyway, everybody, don't go, out of your, don't go out of your comfort
0: zone, and don't buy every piece of equipment. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I use very little equipment when I go on an investigation. A lot of it is common sense. I bring a, a bottle of baby powder in case I start chafing. Um, no, but I bring that <laughs> looking for cold breezes, I bring a level with me to check these doors that swing open magically on their own or cabinets mm-hmm. or things that seem to, you know, and I bring some just regular good old-fashioned tools. I'll bring an audio recorder, a camera, and a lot of it is about listening to the family and hearing what's going on. And I right. think that if people took more time in that and stopped focusing so much, mm-hmm. I, I know people that can't afford to pay their bills, but they have a ten thousand dollar thermal cam for right. the ghost hunting efforts on a weekend. I, I just don't get it. Yeah. Right.
2: And don't you find that sometimes when you say you have to listen, you need to listen to the, the families, to the people. There's so much I, I always feel like the places that are most active are the most dysfunctional. Don't yes. you think?
3: Yes. You've
2: got well, that, you that, that you kind know,
3: of
0: that much dysfunction uh, going on.
2: And
3: where you go yeah. at us?
0: Well, well, we you know, and and I went in to do an investigation of a house and the lady was telling us all about the activity that takes place around this kid and that kid. And these, Mm -hmm. you know, all but one of her children are underage, meaning under the age of 21. And Mm -hmm. yet every room had bottles of vodka or whiskey or (laughs) rum or tequila in it. Every room of the Mm -hmm. house. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, the husband uh, is somewhat verbally abusive. And this uh-huh. and, that. and I started to wonder just how much of what's going on in this house is PK energy, just stress from these people living right. in a pressure cooker. Exactly. Um, so, you know, that, that makes it hard. And, and it's hard to then turn to them and say, you know, maybe if you and your family stopped drinking, sought a little psychological help, that <laughs> would start to bring an end to your tragedy and trauma that's going on around here. But people right. don't want to hear that. They want you to tell them, yes, your house is haunted. Yeah. Or, no, it's not haunted, and then they're pissed off at you for saying, no, it's not haunted, when they think it is. So right,
2: right. What well, is there's a know. big bag of prescription drugs on a table right. in the living room. But,
0: but that doesn't um, necessarily mean that they're still not predisposed to having those experiences. Perhaps right. there is something to them being... Uh, uh, mentally unbalanced, or uh, the the brain chemistry off that allows them to see the real things and, and experiences. Yeah. It. So it could be that that's what's really going on out there. And uh, you know, that's the whole thing is nobody really knows. Nobody will ever know. We have a lot of guesswork. And and the good scientists that were really at the forefront of this research are unfortunately no longer able to do that work because colleges don't want to fund it, and and people just don't you know, put that kind of stake into working that hard. Dr. Barry Taff has a great book. Uh, I think it's uh, Aliens Above, Ghosts Below, I think is the name of the album. Or the name of the uh, yeah, uh, album. book.
3: <laughs> yeah, the album. Love it. Love it. Now by KTL, Ghosts <laughs> Below and Aliens Above. <laughs> but uh, with the number one hit, yeah. dude, did you hear know that?
0: Um, yeah. You <laughs> know, the... His, his book is great because it really does break down a lot more of the science. And he explains away a lot of things, but he also explains that a lot of people that have uh, poltergeist-style activity and that kind of stuff, uh, most of those people, when medically treated and tested, are prone to epilepsy or do have seizures. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is it a hiccup in the brain? Are we creating? Are we manifesting? I think there's a lot to be said that we create our own hauntings, and we make these things happen around us all the time that we – put on to somebody else or put on to something else. So, you know, that's another. my take on it? Yeah. You yeah. know,
3: I'm lucky. I'm lucky because uh, I really uh, connected with a lot of uh, good friends in the UK who are parapsychologists and you know working in universities over there and and right. uh, pa- para- uh which is a, a whole new field in itself and it, there was some really great work, but yeah, there isn't a lot of funding for it though. You're absolutely right. And my co-host from um, Uh, Ghost Chronicles International is is Steve Parsons, who was involved with uh, Paris, the name of the group is Paris Science, and, you know, they investigated this one building for 15,000 hours, so, I mean, you know, they're looking more at things that on the scientific level, and not necessarily mean that's the only way to look at it, but just as a w- way to look at it. So, I mean, it, it's really cool. And there is work being done out there. It's just uh, not in this one way. And a lot of people don't want to hear about it. They want to hear about the TV shows. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, you,
0: you watch people like um, Lloyd Auerbach, uh, yep. Hans Holzer, uh, mm-hmm. Barry Taft, um, you know, uh, Dr. Andrew Nichols with the American Psychi- you know, Parapsychology Institute, and, and you, you know, look at these people that are very forward-thinking into this, and, and you think because they're parapsychologists that they, oh, that means they buy into it. A lot of them are just as skeptical as we are. As a matter of fact, Lloyd Auerbach knows how to mind-manipulate people all the time. You know, he knows oh, yeah. how to do magic tricks and and, and mm-hmm. challenge you. Um, one of my favorite people in the world is Dr. Michael Shermer from Skeptic Magazine, uh, mm-hmm. He is one of the few true skeptics that I enjoy talking with because it 's not a bully session saying i right. 'm crazy and everything is b s He is a gentleman who who listens and then will try to enlighten you as to what that really could be, but he is just as open to the experience we had him on an episode of Paranormal Challenge, as one of our judges, and they thought I was nuts when I wanted to have Dr. Michael Shermer from Skeptic Magazine. They're like, you realize he's going to shred the show? And I said, hey, as long as I spell my name right, that's all that matters. <laughs> and Dr. Shermer came on and was so great and, and loved it. And he said, boy, this, I was not expecting the show to be this way, and you guys are actually questioning things more than I would have. And you know he was just – he was really great to work alongside, but I like the way he thinks and the lessons that he teaches are important for us because I think people do want and desire to have an experience so bad they will grab onto anything right. and assume that it's evil or that it's a ghost. And, and that to me is more dangerous than, than anything else out there.
3: Mm-hmm. But we have to understand why they do that. For instance, you know, in my radio shows, I always have different points of view. I may not agree with them, and but they're definitely going to be on there because I want to look at all sides of the coin. I mean, I had a group—I uh, forget whether a Baptist group or something—they didn't believe in ghosts. They, bl- they were investigators, but they didn't believe in ghosts. They believed everything that was out there was demonic because of their religion they believe that when you die you either go to heaven or hell so therefore if you are on this plane then it must be a demon so luis i could understand the psychology behind them rather than you know just you know poo-poo them i mean that's what they believed in so that's their reality
2: Mm -hmm. well everybody has their opinion exactly exactly
3: so. But anyway, exactly. speaking about things, if I don't get this on the air, you, as I mentioned earlier, we are doing an event together, uh, and y- you, uh, Darkness Dave, in case you don't know who we're talking to, um, <laughs> Jeff Belanger, uh, Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg, and Matt Manoines, or Manoins, or whatever his name Moniz. is. Moniz. Yeah, whatever. Moniz, yeah whatever uh and and of course myself and, and uh, yeah. what's her face and uh thanks what's
2: her face me
3: yeah and uh joshua yeah, and-, and andrew lake so i mean it's it's at the houghton mansion and it's in april it's the first weekend in april and it's gonna be a blast uh have you ever been here before dave no i haven't
0: and and uh i'm excited to see what happens yeah houghton mansion out there in, in north adams massachusetts uh, and for anybody that's listening or, or interested, they can go to legendtrips.com to get tickets and information. But it's very affordable. I mean, the whole weekend is like one forty-nine, or if you just want to come for the Saturday, uh, the full day in investigations, it's only one and a quarter, uh, and that gets you in to hear the talks and and see the investigation and be a part of it. But uh, it, it's a great little event, and it looks like a great history. Everything I've been reading about it and learning about with uh, Jeff, so I'm I'm excited to get in there and find out more about this and, and i love traveling and seeing all of these haunted locations and, and being part of the experience part of the legend as jeff says
3: yeah it's interesting the, i was actually the first to investigate that mansion um the masons who owned it uh the, there was an author by the name of sherry riveras i believe it was from new york was doing a book on haunted massachusetts she wanted to put the mansion in it but they didn't want to have it in there unless they knew it was haunted, so they asked us to come in and investigate it. so we did the first investigator and and we 've been there a bunch of times and and it 's been fantastic i mean we've had some really great great experiences there and you 've been there before right i have
2: yes it 's an awesome spot it's, it's just even getting out in the uh areas uh, you know in back of the actually Masonic temple mm-hmm. um i mean the the whole place is just amazing
0: all
3: right the, the last, what, kind
0: of, what kind of experiences what kind of paranormal experiences have you had? I mean walk me through some of the the best Ron and ann that you guys have actually had happen there Wow
3: uh, <laughs> uh, the first time we we went there was kind of like you know I was really in the early years of my paranormal investigating, we were up on the the roof and uh it had rained so there were like puddles on the roof and it was just me and one of the masons and we were out and we were just kind of like hanging out looking out over the city which was it was a beautiful view and the, the mountains and all that stuff and the fog rolling in so we sat there for a while and it was like two o'clock three o'clock in the morning and we said well it's time to head back in so we uh, started walking towards the door and uh, as we did all of a sudden uh we heard this sloshing in the water behind us. And just as I turned around, we this cold draft went like right through me. And then my EMF meter, which I had the old cell sensor in my hand, uh, just went off briefly and then just stopped. And that was kind of a neat experience. That was one of the, the first paranormal experience was real decent ones that I had, where I had two or three things going on that that made sense to me. And it, 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 we just looked at each other and said, what the hell was that? You know, it was, it was kind of <laughs> cool. Uh, but there are other things. I, I remember I was up in uh, one of the rooms uh, another time, about 3 o'clock in the morning, and uh, we were just sitting. It was two two girls and myself. And... Uh, I was by a closet door, and all of a sudden, the door opened right beside me, and it was like closed, you know, where it actually clicked. It unclicked and opened, which was kind of neat, and there was nothing there, and then so we sat again, and we sat in the room waiting, and all of a sudden, the door to the room, the uh, door handle turned and the door slowly opened and we could see the long corridor there was nobody there at all and it was kind of cool so those are those are two i think of uh, the to thing oh one other another thing of course the malmeter we had the millimeter uh in one of the lodges and we were asking you know the spirit well you know if you you're here can you raise the temperature in the malmeter uh the temperature went up to 154 degrees on the millimeter. Which I thought was kind of cool. Okay. Yeah, hot actually. So, wow. so those are those are a couple of and I, I've had many 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 more. I mean it, it's really a a neat place. There's a there's cellar which is awesome. I, I've investigated with Thomas D'Agostino, and uh, we saw lights down there uh, like blue lights zit and zat and we went there and there was actually the the temperature had dropped almost like eight degrees where the from where it was to there, it was was cool. It was a lot of cool stuff, and I think you're gonna love it. Uh, You know, there's always something there, and the the Ghost Adventures, of course, had their uh, alarms trip there at the hall. I don't know if you saw that episode at all. Yeah, Yeah, I did. Yeah, and that was the same spot where we had uh, a door alarm go off by itself uh, the first visit there. So that, that was actually funny because we put a, a door alarm on on one of the doors, and it was end of the night, and we were all finished. I was looking at the uh, camera with Maureen, who was working with me, and all of a sudden we hear the alarm goes off, and a girl goes screaming down the counter <laughs> with their hands wailing in the air and ran right out of the building. It was the funniest damn thing I've <laughs> ever saw. <laughs> we went to investigate. Of course, couldn't find anything, but it was, it was funny. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, about,
0: uh, you know, really, and you said you've been there too.
2: I have been there. Um, I I did not have a personal experience there on my my visit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely uh, an awesome place to investigate. I personally didn't have anything happen. So,
3: sorry. Oh, good for you. <laughs> well, she is. You know what, Dave? She is blonde. So you know,
0: though. <sighs> yeah. That's it. Wow. That's she's it. blonde, and she's and she's going to be at the uh, the Houghton Mansion, huh? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. All right. I'll I'll have to remember to take a shower this time.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, I never do. (laughs) We know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Dave, I, we're just about out of time. I I, uh, I want to ask you if you have anything you would like to uh, promote other than the Hooten Mansion. Once again, that's on the Legend Tripping website. It's also on my website as well. And Doc, Dave. Yeah, that, that's the big thing. I mean, that's exciting. The Houghton Mansion. Um, the, that event takes place April 5th through the
0: 7th. Uh, you get a chance to do a meet and greet, have a little party, friends, get to get to Amen. know us, and get to investigate. That's at LegendTrips.com. Um, and then Darkness Radio, we're on every Monday through Friday from 10 to midnight Central Time. And uh, if you can't listen live, just check out darknessradio.com the next day, and we have a player right on our front page that allows you to listen to the last about week's worth of shows, so you can download and listen to them commercial free and uh, be a part of our world in the strange and unusual. And tonight I have a huge announcement to make, um, uh, so I'm, you know I'd love for everybody to tune in and check it out. Again, it'll be 11 p.m. till 1 a.m. Central or Eastern Time rather. Whoa. And, uh, Ten to
3: midnight. Awesome. Yeah, so tune in tonight. Uh, darkness yeah. Step into the darkness and, and listen to the darkness. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> darkness radio, the Zeta
0: message, connecting all beings in oneness. We're talking about the Greys, the controllers, and a unique take on the history of E. T. contact on Earth, and that'll take place tonight on the show. Excellent. And wow. we have
2: we have all those links up on our Facebook page, folks. Any, anyways, Garden, I, heard, I heard
3: the doorbell. That means the pizza's here, so we've got to wrap yep. it up. So, Pizza Dan, we desk. want to thank you so much for being on the show, and we really really do appreciate it. And Ann and I look forward to meeting you on uh, April 5th or whatever the hell it is, 5th, 7th. <laughs> uh... You are
0: quite the natural salesman, Ron. Yeah, I yeah, you know. know. Meeting you bought, ben, as well, thank you, Ann. Thank you, Ron. I'll see you guys soon, and keep up yeah. the good work. Thank good you, night, Dave. Goodness. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: Wow, he was cool. Huh? Yeah, he was great. Actually, Sorry, I, I can't wait to meet, meet
3: him. him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we should yeah. have a good time. And 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 the Friday night, of course, is the party, so a hottie, so, right. There you go. How right.
2: can
3: you be that? What's that?
2: But it's within walking distance of the mansion.
3: Well, yeah, we're not going to go in the mansion. I'm going to go in the hotel. Oh, well, that's it. We can do that, too. <laughs> so, <double laughs> we, can crawl, we can crawl to our rooms. <laughs> <laughs> And speaking about crawling, uh, I believe you have a, uh, a a happy St. Patrick's Day party going this weekend, huh?
2: I do. Yep, big shindig Saturday night. Yep, gonna celebrate uh, St. Patrick's Day and have some green beer and sing a few Irish tunes and have a lot of fun.
3: Okay. And so I and, wish
2: uh, everyone a very happy St. Patrick's Day. You oh, know.
3: So there you go. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, thanks everybody, and uh, remember my paranormal study group, the Circles of Wisdom, on Tuesday night. Uh, check it out. Do it. Good night, and God bless.
2: Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>